Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey y'all, it's me, Raheel. Today, I'm passing the mic over to producer A.K. Al Momin. He sits down with two of the cast members in the theater performance of Clyde's from the Ensemble Theater. He's a big theater fan, so chatting with Michelle Elaine and Timothy Eric about the history of the Ensemble Theater and what audiences can expect from the play Clyde's only seemed natural. It's Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. I'm Raheel Ramsnali, and here's what Houston's talking about today. Michelle, Timothy, thank you all so much for joining CityCast Houston this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I've been kind of a huge fan of everything that the ensemble has been doing. Uh, I follow you all on Instagram, try to keep up with as much of the shows, and I was just... Uh, I guess my first question, Michelle, is I was always wondering how did the ensemble uh, come to be? The ensemble theater legacy is, I, I would say, is um, African-American voices on on our stage from our perspective. And of course, they're global themes, but it's from our perspective with um, predominantly African-American artists putting it out there for the world. Um, So it's like our stories brought to you by us is what I would say in a nutshell. And um, George Hawkins is our founder. We were founded in 1976 and we weren't always at the location that we're at right now on Main Street. We used to be at uh, 1010 2M actually. Um, But in 85, we moved to where we are right now. And now right next to the, um, our, our own light rail stop, which is exciting. (laughs) And we've been there ever since 85. And in addition to us telling our stories from our own voices, George Hawkins really wanted to make sure that this was a, a training center as well for Black artists to learn from the best, to hone their skills so that they could have those skills, perform them there, and go out into the world and be, you know, fierce artists. So that education still works Mm -hmm. in the theater today from our Young Performers Program or the bold master classes that we offer from women professionals in the the city and around the country and uh, workshops. It's just ongoing training from even our tour ed performances. Those are really our two kind of pillars at the Ensemble Theater. That's amazing. And uh, Timothy, like, because I know you have been there for a while. I don't want to say a long time, but you have been there for uh, <laughs> for a while. And I was wondering, how did you get involved with this and its legacy and its history? Yeah, uh, the Ensemble had a, you know, very... You know, just a, a great reputation. I was in college at uh, Texas Southern University, which is not very far from the ensemble. 
And so to, um, you know, that was a, that was a goal of all of the, the, the students, the undergrads there was that one day we'll get to the ensemble, we'll, we'll be able to perform at the ensemble. It was, you know, so, um, it was the theater that you, that you wanted to work at. And, and, and so I came to the ensemble in 94, um, working as a, a technician, actually, uh, started in, um, doing some audio work for them and then some lightboard operating. Um, learning from their technical director at the time, Manning Impenduzi Mott. And so uh, to Michelle's point, it worked out for me that way. I was able to pick up some foundational skills in technical theater. Uh, the idea being that acting jobs come very seldom, but tech technicians are always needed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that worked out. I was able to take those uh, foundational skills that I learned there. Um, I've worked in all of the theaters here in Houston and all of that started with the ensemble. So yeah, it 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 works putting yeah. putting those kinds of tools and those kinds of skills out in the community uh, for people who are inquisitive enough uh, uh, and curious enough to to take a hold of those. And it and, and it does work. I'm I'm living proof of it. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I worked as a, as a tech. Uh, for like high school and like college productions before. So I completely like yeah. relate to the journey. Uh, oh, the yeah. performance bug never captured me, but <laughs> but I was always fascinated by how uh, theater's constructed and it's put together. And from that, Michelle, how do you believe that like the ensemble theater have had an impact on Houstonians? I think the the long standing legacy means um, to the community that they have a place to go. You know, mm -hmm. we've been here this whole while and we're not going anywhere. And I think just anything that stands for a long time feels like home because you, you know it's trusted, it's tried and true. Mm -hmm. um, we our motto is that the E is for everyone and everyone <laughs> counts, and we really try to embrace that in the community by literally welcoming in every, everyone. Uh, though, as we said, this is a, a Black theater in, in its roots that um, we're telling primarily our stories with um, Black artists. It's for everyone, again, because of those global themes. And I've heard from many community members that, you know, they'll never forget this performance or mm -hmm. when we did this show. Um, and how we do um, our talkbacks after the show, that's mm -hmm. a really good glimpse, I think, into um, our communal kind of approach to theater because we literally ask the audiences, what do you think? Uh, how did that impact you? Um, and especially pre-COVID, you know, our, our artists were on the stage and now we engage experts on the topic to engage the audience. And we have a, you know, an exchange there and to go beyond that talk back to, OK, well, what does that look like in your life now? How did, you know, this theme, especially with Clyde's, there's going to be a great opportunity to talk about how will you approach you know, ex-convicts in the community differently now? How will you approach people who are reformed and, and having a kind of another uh, second chance at life? How do you deal with your family members? Those type of things. And, you know, from there, partnerships and alliances can form and things that actually will make change in the community can happen. Y'all just mentioned Clyde's and like, that is your uh, the newest play that y'all are going to put on at the Ensemble Theater. It is 
both of y'all are performing in it. And I was just, as you're going to be featured in this play, can you kind of just tell our audience what is Clyde's about? Um, Tim can tell you what Clyde's is about. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Uh, Clyde's is uh, it's a it's a really really neat neat uh, story. It, it is Lynn Nottage's, uh, I believe, newest work, and um, I hope I'm right about that. But yeah, it yes. takes play it takes place at a, a truck stop in uh, in Pennsylvania uh, that is known for its its sandwiches uh, or gaining popularity for its sandwiches. Let's just say. And the uh, the staff, the cooks, are all ex-convicts. They've uh, completed their, their their sentences and now try, are trying to you know start over, you know, rebuilding their lives. And uh, it really just tells a really human side of that story, a story that we don't hear very often. We you know we we talk a lot about what happens on the front side with you know with criminal justice reforms or criminal justice systems and improvements. And uh, there's a lot of discourse about that. Uh, but uh, often we don't we don't consider what happens when someone has gone through that process, uh, paid their debt to society, and now are, look to rebuild and start their lives again. And so it's a really human uh, look at it. It's a funny play um, uh, uh, to watch and and to enjoy, um, um, and also discuss that issue as as well about what what to do in you know things that things to think about as a society when it comes to that population of people mm -hmm. so um and i play um uh, one of the cooks uh my character's name is montrellis uh and he's uh kind of the uh de facto leader of the cohort so to speak and uh clyde played by the beautiful michelle elaine um is uh run you know she's the owner obviously and uh, um, she has a more pragmatic approach to uh, <laughs> you know, as I'll let Michelle discuss that. But yeah, it is a very, very honest uh, story uh, with very authentic characters. And it's, it's a beautiful experience. I think I think people will really enjoy it. Yeah, all, it's it sounds from everything I've read about the play, there, there's so many dynamics working in this like diner setting in in this comedy. Uh, a lot of times I feel like people have a tendency to dismiss uh, a lot of comedies as not producing the same heft as if you had a really melodramatic drama happening on stage. But from everything y'all are describing, all these all these dynamics, all of these like layers of humanity that are coming up from from the systemic side and from the interpersonal side, uh, I like. I wonder, is that the biggest thing that attracted y'all's troupe to to this story, to to tell it to people, to bring it in, in an area like Houston? Well, um, our artistic director, Eileen J. Morris, she actually saw it on Broadway. And I think like everybody who saw it, uh, whether in Chicago or on Broadway, was just instantly fell in love with it. Um, anybody is lucky to do a Lynn Nottage piece, period, because she's a two-time yeah. Pulitzer-winning playwright. 
But also on a theater level, you know, it's diverse. It's gotten women and men, African-Americans, Latino, um, Latinx, and a Caucasian male in it. So that already is going to broaden your audiences because, you know, we're going to invite our families mm-hmm. and, our, and our, our friends to come to the theater. And I think it's purposefully done that way. I think... Um, Lynn Nottage was like, no, let's show what it's like when how and there's a great line in the in the play that the prison is the great equalizer. So I think she was very um wise in wanting people to see how our prison system and the process afterwards being rec- being introduced back into the community is a a national issue. <laughs> it's an American yeah. issue. Yeah. It was a very, um, it, you know, the process, because reading it, you you, you kind of gravitate to the narratives and um, in everyone's story. You know, there's a story happening in the diner, but everybody has their backstory. You know, you know, well, how did you end up here? How did you end up here? And so, yeah. um, you, you know, you naturally gravitate to that. And even as an actor during the process, um, you know, kind of settling on those stories they're hurtful and then they're inspiring and then they're, they're sad and it's, it's a lot. But during that process, you know, you, you know, when we started to find the humor, it was, you know, kind of challenging because it's like, okay, well, okay, we can turn this corner now. Okay. We, we've gone through all of the, the, the narrative and now it's really just, you know, the, in terms of telling the story and it, it is funny. And it's, so it's, it, it was challenging that in that respect, you know, because it, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> that's amazing that is a really poignant thought that the idea that like when you're trying to tell a story through comedy a lot of times you have to reconcile with the narrative initially and then kind of bring that individual humor to kind of the script like your own sense of humor correct to the to the performance absolutely yeah mm-hmm. And you know, you spend four or five weeks on a, in a process uh, with with a character, and and it you know you start it, it starts to get close to you, but you know you don't you only have a, a few minutes <laughs> after you get in after you get in front of an audience, you know, to to make adjustments because oh, oh okay this is what it is this is because you don't know until you get it in front of oh, theater is a two way thing you know and so. Once we get it and feel the room and feel what's happening with, with, with how people are receiving it, then we'll know. <laughs> but uh, up until this time, it's just, it's, it's kind of surfing. You know? <laughs> I can attest to that as a longtime observer and fan of the ensemble. And I'm so happy we got to have this conversation. I'm so, I'm so excited for people to go and experience Clyde's. Michelle, Timothy, thank y'all so much for, for coming to talking to me today. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. That was AK Al Moment, Michelle Elaine, and Timothy Eric. This week is the last weekend to check out Clyde's at the Ensemble Theater. For tickets, check out our show notes. All right, before we go, This summer could be a bit cooler, but not because of the weather, because it's still going to be hot in Houston, but because more pools could be open this summer. Houston Parks and Rec announced a record 950 lifeguard recruits ahead of the 2023 pool season, but only 44 of those have completed necessary classes to be certified. 
The department will need about 200 of those 950 to take classes and be certified to open all 38 pools across the city for the public to use. There's been a shortage of lifeguards in the last couple of years across the city and the suburbs, and many places are still hiring for the pool season. So if you know somebody that needs a summer job, right now is the time to apply. That's all for today on CityCast Houston. Be sure to catch Thursday's episode where we invite an H-E-B obsessed fan to talk about what snacks you should have in your shopping cart on your next trip. I'm Raheel Ramsnali. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. A.K. Al Momin. A.K. Al Momin. A.K. is the best.